this evening we're talking about man's heritage is spiritual freedom man's heritage is spiritual freedom spiritual freedom is our heritage however we must release God so this evening is all about releasing God so we're looking for three readers this evening and we're talking about man's heritage is spiritual freedom and it's all about releasing God releasing God so Matthew 7 13 to 15 Psalms 91 1 to 6 Acts 17 27 to 29 so I'm looking for three readers amen and amen and amen as we're talking about releasing God you should know that only the very courageous can embark on a spiritual journey and only those of great strength and vision can hope to continue on that path now Jesus made it clear that the way is straight and narrow who dare be that enter it's in it's in the Word of God it's in the scripture Jesus made it clear he said he said the way is straight and narrow and few there be that enter now that this is true is borne out by the fact that up to the present time very few have been able to remain on the spiritual path and continue to go forward it is not easy to surmount to some superstition ignorance and fear and despite prejudice and previous failures to set forth in search of new horizons it's hard we cannot adapt new ideas while still clinging to outworn beliefs of the past hear me please and understand we cannot adopt new ideas while still clinging to the outworn beliefs of the past we must be willing to relinquish our old concepts we have to let that go that is where the courage comes in and the bearing it takes courage to leave behind that which has proven to be unsatisfactory in our experience it takes courage to look at ourselves objectively and ask have I sincerely worshiped God have I in some measure lived up to my convictions about God when we turn to the search for God we should be bold enough to ask ourselves am I satisfied with such answers prayers as have been given to the world do I believe that such truth has been revealed in all the truth there is or am I seeking for something yet unknown except to those few mystic who have experienced the truth try to impart their knowledge they experience the truth they try to impart the knowledge pain and fail and gone on their way man's heritage is spiritual freedom and if the revelation of Jesus Christ has taught us nothing else 
it is that we are entitled to live in the full freedom of the spirit as children of God not as prisoners of the mind and body hear me clearly we are entitled to live in full freedom of the spirit as children of God and not as the prisoners of the mind and the body we are letting our mind and our body rule us but we don't have to We should know, however, freedom is not a condition of the mind or the body. Freedom is a condition of the soul. As I said, freedom is not a condition of the mind or the body. Freedom is a condition of the soul. If we do not find our freedom in soul, will find only limitation and bondage in our experience. Freedom cannot be given to a nation or to a race of people. Freedom must first be realized in individual being and then some measure of that freedom can be shared with those who are in need of it. Nothing external to us can limit or hinder us because our freedom must first take place in our consciousness and this no one can prevent because fortunately no one can read our thoughts, look into our consciousness or know what is going on in our soul so it is that wherever we are at home on the street or at a business we can make a transition from the slavery of the senses to the freedom of the soul we are slave to our senses and we have to learn to make that transition so no matter where you are, we can make the transition from the slavery of the senses to the freedom of the soul. It all takes place within our consciousness, especially when we're not feeling well. We, we are a slave to that thing. We buy into it, buy into it, and we refuse to rise above it. We submit our body so effortlessly. We just submit. We have a little headache. You're just submitting to the thing. So, we must understand that nothing external to us can limit or hinder us because our freedom must first take place in our consciousness. And this, no one can prevent because fortunately, no one can read our thoughts look into our consciousness or know what's going on in our soul so it is that wherever we are at home on the street or at a business we can make a transition from the slavery of the senses to the freedom of the soul it all takes place in our consciousness freedom is attained within us 
and it is not at the mercy of time it is not at the mercy of money or health or relationship not even at the mercy of those countries that have made laws against religion your freedom is not even at the mercy of them the point that I'm making is this if we are bound by sin or disease or by any form of limitation physical mental moral financial freedom is ours only if we have the desire to break through hear me somebody it cannot be a mild desire it cannot be just a hope or i wish i were free i wish i were like other people i wish i knew what other people knew i wish i had an education these are excuses their education is available for everybody from elementary school and up and on to courses in university without even attending class in person you can have all this online there is physical mental moral and financial freedom for anyone who has a sufficient drive for freedom without that drive it cannot be attained there must be such a desire for freedom that it is virtually a passion if we are to attain the highs that we sit around wishing for hoping for and complaining that we do not reach no person and no condition external to us are building are binding upon us no, there's nothing out there stopping you they may bind us for a year or five or ten while we struggle strive work and pray for our freedom but eventually freedom must come from every form of limitation hear me you keep at it and freedom must come it must come from every form of limitation all right let's go to the readers and then we will come back and start this evening session man's heritage is spiritual freedom tonight we are releasing god we are letting god have his way with us all right let's go to the first reader matthew 7:13 to 15 enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it but small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life and only a few find it watch out for false prophets they come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly they are ferocious wolves here ended the reading of the word praise be to god beautiful next reader Psalms 91 1-6 He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty 
I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his wings, and under his wings shall thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by thee, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. Praise be to God. Thank you, Bob. Amen, amen, amen. To God we give the glory. Amen, amen, amen. Next reader, Acts 17, 27 to 29. That they should seek the Lord, if aptly they might feel after the imp, and find him, for he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone, graven by heart, and men's device. Word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Now, the only essential, the only thing essential to freedom is the desire to be free. The only thing essential to freedom is desire to be free. Nothing else. Because with the desire to be free, the means to bring it about reveal themselves. Once you have that desire, the means will reveal itself. It has been said that when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Sometimes eternally as a person, sometimes as a book. But if no other way, when the desire is sufficiently deep, the teacher will appear inwardly because there are just as many spiritual teachers on the inner plane as there are on the outer, if not more. Hear me, somebody. There are many spiritual teachers on the inner plane as there are on the outer, if not more. Freedom comes only when we can break through the limitations of our mind. When we do not try to pin everything down to a meaning or confine ev every statement to meaning the same thing always. Words sometimes seem to be contradictory. But that is because they mean one thing today and something different tomorrow. The real things of life cannot be restricted. Freedom will not limit itself to a word. 
It is like joy. It is like peace. We know what they are, but we cannot describe or explain them because they cannot be confined to a word or a phrase. How can anyone explain what this palmist meant by the secret place of the Most High? What is that? Where is it? Is it a place? Is it up high somewhere? Can the secret place of the Most High be located in time and space? Paul said, For in him we live and move and have our being. How can we describe the place where we live when we live in God? Where is that? What is the climate? We are instructed to open our consciousness. How do we open our consciousness? What does it look like open? What does it look like close? When we speak of going within, closing the door and entering the sanctuary to pray, where is that sanctuary? Is it in our home? Is it a church? Is it anywhere except consciousness? Those are just words. And if we try to break them down into their meaning, we lose them. We might say that they are poetry. They are. But we are never going to find the kingdom of God without poetry. We must let imagery and poetry have their way with us and not try to confine ourselves to literal meaning of words. Let us be free from the limitations of made-up words and made-up prayers and accept the poetry and the imagery of our soul. Accept our freedom in God. Not lose it by trying to analyze and dissect every word. For years, I've been seeking for a word in which I could imprison what I am trying to teach. And so far, I have not succeeded in finding that word. What comes nearest to expressing my meaning is the word Christ. But if we try to pin down the term and find a meaning for it, we will lose it because what the Christ stands for cannot be limited within the confines of a word. The spirit or the consciousness of man cannot be restricted. We cannot confine God. We cannot understand, analyze, or dissect God. We cannot even name God. God eludes us when we try to put God into the letters G-O-D. The soul of man is free. The spirit of man is free. The consciousness of man is free. That is why we cannot put God into a religion. Amen. That is why we cannot put God into a religion. We cannot put the Christ into a religion. We cannot put religion into a man. We cannot confine, restrict, or limit God, the Christ, or religion. These are free. 
And if we ever try to contain them within a form, we lose them. One thing we do know, there is God. And the nature of God is omnipotence, omnipresence, and omniscience. These do not limit God. But the reason they do not limit Him is because we certainly cannot claim to know the meaning of omnipresence, the meaning of omnipotence, and the meaning of omniscience. These are just words we use that we have a, a special meaning for us, that, that have a special meaning for us. These words, they have a special meaning for us. If we can accept the Christ, if we can open ourselves to receive and rest in it, it will function in and through us. Hear me, please. If we can accept the Christ, if we can open ourselves to receive and rest in it, it will function in and through us. If we try to understand or explain it, or have it explained, we lose it. We cannot stand or explain it. We cannot bring it down to the confines of our mind. Nobody has ever had a mind big enough to hold the Christ. Nobody has ever had a mind big enough to embrace it. And yet the soul of man can experience it. Hear me somebody. But we must be willing to experience it and let it go. The experience comes over and over and they go. When they go, we let them go because it is not possible for anyone to sit on, on cloud nine twenty-four hours a day. It's impossible. Those to whom much has been given of them, much is expected. So when we receive even a ray of this spiritual light, we have to come down to the valley and share it with others who are seeking it. Spiritual freedom is attainable by any one of us. It is our birthright. Every person on earth, be he white, black, yellow, green, Christian, Jew, Muslim, Buddhist, is entitled to the fullness of life. But the attainment of that spiritual fulfillment does not come lightly or quickly. The whole point is whether the desire for it becomes the ultimate meaning of life or whether we are hoping to achieve it in our spare time. It cannot come that way. It will involve effort and struggle. Why then are we not enjoying it? Only because of ignorance. An ignorance of God and an ignorance of prayer. For when we know God as He is, when we understand how to pray and to pray without ceasing, we find that none of the evils of the earth come nigh our dwelling place. It requires boldness and daring to release God, to acknowledge that we do not know God 
and we do not know how to pray. It takes courage to be done with the old and seek the new, to prove that we live as children of God, as the very temple of God, glorifying Him. The first bit of courage required is to acknowledge that we have never really prayed to God. Instead, we pray to some concept of God, a concept that comes from either from our parents or a church or from books. Nevertheless, it was not God that was revealed to us. For if God has been revealed to us, we would now be living as children of God. And all our prayers would long ago have been answered. No one can deny that in the presence of God, there is fullness of life. No one. No one can deny that in the presence of God, there is fullness of life. Who would be presumptuous enough to deny that? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is fulfillment and freedom. Freedom from all the discourse of the earth. Unless we deny this, we must be willing to admit that it is true. And if it is true, we will have to confess to ourselves, I have not known God. I have known some concept of God, which I have accepted, and to which I have prayed. And this concept of God is really an image in my mind, a thought, a belief, or an idea. Such an admission takes courage. If God is infinite, it must be self-evident that God cannot be contained within the mind. Yet we go on believing that some concept of God in our mind is the infinite God. If the Spirit of God were to were as close to us as to be within our mind, we actually would be children of God. And apart from this earth. But instead of having the Spirit of God, what we really have is only a concept of God. A concept envision God as a man with a long white beard sitting on a cloud as a man hanging on a cross or as a hundred other different concepts and what do we do we pray to those images in our own thought and expect to receive answers from them is that sensible is it reasonable tell me no image that can be conceived in the mind can ever be God. No concept of God ever entertained by man has the power to answer prayer. Then, it's not the acknowledgement that God is too great to be bound by the mind and body, the very first step that we must take. Thou shalt not make the any graven images. Thou shalt not bow down thyself unto them, nor serve them. What difference whether the graven images is external to us or an image in thought? 
It is still a graven image which we ourselves have carved out of our own thought. Let us do away with graven images. Let us have no image of God. Let us have no belief of, of what God is. No one knows what God is. But if we think of God as omnipresent, we are free of the concepts because since God is, God must be here, there, and everywhere. Hear me, somebody. Since God is, God must be here, there, and everywhere. There's no place where God is not. Or God will not be infinite being. If we think of God as omnipotent, we are not building any image of God. We are merely stating that God is the only power there is. The all power. The all omnipresent power. If we think of God as omniscience, then we are also not building an image in thought. We are merely realizing that there could be there could be a God if its nature were not infinite intelligence. There could not be a God if its nature were not infinite intelligence. Infinite intelligence, all power, all presence, and still there is no picture in our thought. Still no image in thought. Still no creating of a God in our image. Ultimately, every concept of God we have had must be dropped. Every image, every belief. The moment we think omnipotence, omnipresence, omniscience, we have no time, no space, and no place nor is there any time place or space where God is where there is an absence of God this may cause some to shout oh you have taken my Lord away from me where have you buried him yes yes we have and that is a very healthy place to come to where our Lord has been taken from us but was it our Lord or was it our concept of our Lord that was taken away do not think for a moment that every one of us is not guilty of having created a God and then and then going to Jerusalem to look for him to Rome to Mecca or somewhere else we have all done that. It is part of human nature. It is part of the belief that we are man and that somewhere there is God. And if we could only get the two together, it would be great. Originally, that was part of the paganist that making a mental image of what God is and then going out to try to find him. Later, this sense of separation from God was made a part of, of the teaching of, many, of Christianity. When 
we start to think of God as something afar off, perhaps only half believing that really there really is a God, should be guided into the acknowledging that there is a God and that His good pleasure, it is His good pleasure to give us the kingdom. So whenever any kind of, this kind of, by the way, thoughts creep into your mind, just remember, there is a God and it is His good pleasure to give you the kingdom. God is our protector. We are now ready to make a transition. Having gained a better image in mind that we had before. But only for the purpose of leading us step by step up to the moment when we can say, Now be still. Be still and know. That is all. Just be still and know. But we are not to know anything because anything we know will be incorrect only an object or sense or an object in mind God is that's enough to know God is no image God is no concept God is in the moment of not knowing of the unknowing not in the moment of blankness or dullness or, or falling asleep in, 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 or a vibrant aliveness. God is experience. Then we find that through this experience we live and move and have our being in God and God in us. Mind and body cannot contain God. And he so far beyond our imagination that no one can draw pictures of him or hold mental ideas or concept of what he really is. All we can do is to declare with all our hearts and soul that God is. Only God can maintain and sustain the heavens and hold the sun, the moon and the stars in their orbit. Only that which is beyond man's ability to conceive could bring forth such wisdom as is evident by man's ingenuity in his discovery of the principles underlining the inventions resulting in the manufacturers, manufacturing and use of all these great, everyday great inventions coming about. They, they want to they're going to the moon as a as a, they're booking um, passages to the moon like like how you go on a cruise ship. All these great inventions that are, that is coming about. Who can stretch his imagination sufficiently to conceive what God is? God. That is the source of all that exists. Hear me. God. That is the source of all that exists in the sky and in the air. 
and in the earth and in the waters beneath the earth. We earthbound creatures are aware of only one tiny corner of the universe, one little speck called the earth. But what must the wisdom of God be that encompasses the countless planets and the sun and the moon and the stars and all the other universe? Think of the discovery of the inventions of the past centuries. Think of what is yet to be revealed. Think of the marvels which already exist and have existed since time began, only awaiting to be revealed. After we begin to see how foolish it is to cling to the concept of God, will come the second piece of wisdom and we will see how foolish it is to tell God what we need or think we need or try to influence him through our prayers to give us our desires if he were capable of withholding good as if he is some kind of human being with power to give and withhold. How limited is our concept of God if we believe that he has the power to give us or to hold things from us. When we go to him with desires, approach him in any way except to ask for light. When you go to him, ask for light, for grace, for wisdom for an understanding of his ways, his laws, and his life. Hear me, please. When you approach your heavenly father, ask for light. Tell him, Father God, put a light on this situation. Ask for light. Ask for grace. Ask for wisdom. For an understanding of his ways, his laws, and his life. When we pray, we should release God from any personal obligation please release him from any personal obligation to us release him in the awareness that we are trusting that which created this universe to maintain and sustain himself his creation that we are trusting God in his infinite wisdom to be about his business and God in his divine love to care for his own when we do this we are releasing God and no longer trying to channel him in the direction of our personal desires actually we shall find that we cannot release God for God was never imprisoned in our mind or in our desires nor was he even obedient to our will. God will not change his ways to benefit or bless us. We must change our ways in order to receive God's grace. We cannot bring God to our disobedience and ignorance, but we can become obedient and spiritually wise let us give up every attempt to use God 
and every expectation that God will do our will or fulfill our desire and yield ourselves to him. Let, let me pray. Father God, not my will, but your will be done in me. I do not ask. I do not ask you to fulfill my desires, my hopes, or my ambitions. Let me fulfill your will, your grace, your direction. You have never failed me. But now, Father, I ask in what way I have failed you. Nevermore will I ask you to do my will. Nevermore will I pray that you do something for me. Use me. Fulfill yourself in me. Let your will release me, Father, from all desires, hopes, wishes, and plans. Let me be obedient to your plan for me. Show me plainly the way in which I am to go. And I promise to follow the light as it is given to me. Amen, amen, amen. <laughs>